Welcome to the next uh, chapter of Trailblazers in the city of Las Vegas. Uh, on the sidelines of Microsoft Inspire, uh, I have a very distinguished guest and an old friend of mine, uh, Judson Altoff. Judson actually runs worldwide uh, commercial organization of uh, Microsoft. Uh, Judson has been instrumental in, uh, in this wonderful journey at Microsoft for the last six years or so. He's been uh, the president of North America before the current role and has been one of the key players in the transformation of Microsoft in the last few years. Thank you, Judson, for taking time out and talking to us. Uh, wonderful pleasure. to have you, and uh, every time I meet you, I always get inspired by your big, uh, big idea thinking Great. and your ability to um, execute at relentless focus. That's well, very kind of you. It's my honor and, uh, frankly, a pleasure to be here with you again, Ravi. Uh, let me tee up the first question uh, for you. Um, you know, the re-emergence of Microsoft in the last few years as uh, one of the pioneering digital transformational partners for enterprises. Mm -hmm. Amongst everything else uh, I've heard of uh, in terms of what Microsoft has done, the single biggest thing I hear from your teams is the cultural renewal yeah. inside the firm. Tell us a little bit about it and how that has made the change, that significant change for Microsoft. Well, first of all, thanks for um, everything you said, all the kind words. Um, uh, you're right to point out that culture is at sort of the cornerstone or foundation of, uh, of really all of our work. Uh, I think actually one of the most important things Satya did when becoming CEO uh, was to reframe our culture uh, and to speak deeply and, and frankly from the heart of what growth mindset means to him. Uh, you know, because I would sort of jokingly say to him, hey, listen, we can't just print out the t-shirts and the coffee mugs and say, you know, culture delivered. We actually have to live it, right? And so this learn it all mentality is really this notion that if you take a, a, a pool of human beings and you, you take the group of folks who may have, uh, you know, institutional acumen over a given topic, uh, versus those that have unlimited curiosity and a passion for uh, re really aggressive learning uh, and um, you know an, an acute focus on learning that you know whilst day one those that of course have the experience will likely outpace the learners that in the fullness of time the learners will far outpace uh, any institutional knowledge uh, because in our industry, Innovation is actually what is appreciated far more than tradition. And so that there's sort of like the premise or the theory behind it all. The investments have actually become far more practical though in terms of how we show up. Uh, we've changed entirely uh, how we run meetings at Microsoft. You know, when I first started at the company, um, I had exposure to, you know, quite frankly, a lot of the legacy in the past. But at that time, if you had a little red dot next to your name, it's probably going to be a long day uh, in the review cycle. Uh, we've turned that on its head entirely. You know, now if there's a little green dot on the scorecard next to your name, uh, you're far more likely to be asked to speak about it uh, because we want the people who have actually mastered the skill and somehow figured out how to be cutting edge in their delivery uh, to teach the others. Uh, so this is one practical example, but this notion of having a growth mindset coupled with really the impact statement of wanting to make a difference. You know, we really do uh, believe that our differentiation in the market is to be the great empowering uh, company. We, we are not 
as proud of uh, talking about our own achievements, our own technology gains or financial gains, uh, as much as we are talking about the outcomes and the impact that we have for customers. And so whilst growth mindset is, is the overarching um, anchor to our culture, uh, making a difference is, is the real goal. And then again, so, so sort of to guide everyone in the company and, and even our partner ecosystem on pillars that uh, they could really grasp and some, some meaning behind this notion of having a growth mindset. We, we devised three pillars. Uh, one, that we would always obsess over our customers. Satya would always say, if you want to be cool, Microsoft is not the place for you to come and work. Uh, if you want to make other people cool and help them reach their potential, come work for us. The second thing was is to operate as one. You know, I think uh, historically Microsoft had uh, almost a franchise model. Now, in fact, our greatest strength is actually coming together and putting forth our portfolio of intellectual property and, and putting that to work for our customers. And then the final pillar, um, which has deep meaning for me, is our investments in diversity and inclusion. And we have uh, invested greatly in recruiting uh, early in career diverse talent to come to Microsoft because we believe that none of us is as smart as all of us. And if you can capture uh, the ideas of many, incorporate them into your overall strategy, you're going to be far better off. And then the investments in inclusion as a part of it, right? Because it's one thing to you know work hard numerically on diverse representation, but you have to create the environment where people feel like they can learn, grow, and thrive, and be happy in the work that they do, and also then do the hard work of not just making sure that that environment exists at Microsoft, but also the communities around them uh, where, where their families have to live. And so that, that sort of frames the journey that we're on. And I would, I would just emphasize that we're journey, because we do believe this is, this is work that is never done. Um, we're, we're, we're reasonably pleased with our progress, of course, but um, a lot more to do. How do you do this at scale for such a large enterprise as Microsoft, federated and in some ways distributed across the world? Yeah. Um, and how do you make sure that uh, every new hire who comes on board inculcates that culture? It's a great question, and, and you're right to point out the importance of it all. Um, I, and so for us at Microsoft, the, the mechanisms that we choose to use um, are first to sort of understand that, look, culture is what people will do when unsupervised. Yeah. And so you have to actually almost create this uh, human flywheel that sort of builds upon itself, uh, rewarding people for learned activities, uh, rewarding people for uh, taking on tasks that are, frankly, more difficult uh, Was than there the a average. deliberate role modeling as well? Yes, absolutely, from, from the leader level all the way down to the individual contributor level, you know, taking people and, and lifting them up for taking on a risky project, failing fast and learning faster is, uh, is a big part of it. But to answer your scale question, we, we actually have put technology to work in a way that makes sense for our culture. Uh, we, we have this sort of uh, manager framework around modeling or leading by example, coaching and caring for our employees. And we actually use artificial intelligence to actually help in the coaching process. So uh, in our many centers around the world uh, where we're both taking inbound calls for customer support as well as making outbound calls for sales, uh, we use speech to text translation services and cognitive reasoning capability to understand the sentiment analysis of the conversations that all of our people are having with customers. And then we can actually play that back in a way that it can be used in a coaching dialogue. Uh, but the AI tech itself serves up a way in which you can look at scale conversations and say, wow, 
our customers are least comfortable dealing with us or most comfortable dealing with us in these scenarios. And so let us help our people through the more challenging dialogues. Uh, e even simple things like saying the amount of time spent in a conversation listening versus talking and explaining to someone that the, the richness of understanding comes first from listening rather than, than projecting uh, is super helpful to us. So uh, many, many investments across many, many different categories at Microsoft, but uh, it's a continual effort, right? It can't, it can't just be a one and done kind of thing. It has Absolutely. to be a part of how you run the business and how you live the business. So just uh, switching gear, um, I wanted to talk about a very exciting topic. Very early on, uh, Microsoft invested uh, onto a cloud journey for all your products and solutions. Yep. Invested into startups, and you've invested heavily into research and development in Azure. It's, mm -hmm. it's actually your blockbuster offering in the market. I just love it so much. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about what's in store and how is this journey evolved over the years. One of the concepts I unveiled um, this week at this conference at Inspire was this notion of democratizing digital. This notion of democratizing digital means that, um, frankly, we're not done until everyone is empowered to have a digital experience and that we've enabled everyone to participate in the digital economy. And that has both depth and breadth connotations. You take a large Fortune 500 company and it's easy, easy to take on a artificial intelligence project uh, around optimizing a business process. Yep. You know, putting sensors on machinery, building out a big data lake, uh, optimizing a process uh, and saving money. And I don't mean to trivialize it, that's great work. Um, in fact, it's very cutting edge work. But it's not done until you achieve this connectedness, uh, even yep. with the frontline workers. Uh, in the way in which they actually run the business. And so taking the time to equip people with modern skills, yep. uh, to enrich the work that people do, to connect the CEO to the front lines or the front lines to the boardroom. Yep. And then to actually, even from the development standpoint, because we see every company becoming a software company or a technology company and developers will change the shape of how all companies run. This notion of empowering the elite devs of the world to then turn around and enable the citizen devs yep. to sort of unlock or spark this tech intensity from within any company. Doing that at depth so that everyone within a large company benefits from the experience and then turning around and doing it breadth so that the few can empower the many. That, that's really the journey that we're on here and it's why, frankly, the partnership that, that we have, frankly, yep. is so important because you know Microsoft can't do this on its own. Going on your point on democratization, in some ways, the, uh, the impact is gonna be in every function in the organization and decision making is very democratized. Yep. How did you make that switch to a buyer who's very different to the buyer of the past? It's a great point and it's, Truthfully, less of a switch and more of uh, an and. I try to coach my people that customers are not monoliths. There's not, not one single thing they're trying to get done. Um, there are complex ambitions. Uh, there are a multitude of aspirations. And so selling to a customer is like uh, selling to multiple rooms within a house. Uh, you know, there may be uh, an artificial intelligence room in the house or a data room in the house or a security room in the house, but on the upper floor of that house exists 
uh, a business aspiration. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely. Wanna, I want to optimize my supply chain. I want to do a better job at engaging my customers on an anonymous to advocacy journey. And then the top floor, the penthouse, if you will, is this sort of uh, board level aspiration, uh, you know, finding long term systemic growth and differentiation for that company. And so if you find a way to thread a strategy across all rooms in the house, and make sure that the strategy you're devising actually creates impact across every room, that's when you know you have something that's lasting. And yep. it's you know, connecting vision and strategy and culture to the unique potential of the company. Absolutely. And then investing in the technical abilities that make it come to life. That, Absolutely. that to me is the form. In fact, never before has technology played such an important role in large enterprises. Mm -hmm. Um, so you so the analogy was so apt. So Judson, you know, I, I want to switch gear into a very different topic. Um, you invested in GitHub, um, which kind of is uh, is in some sense a reflection of a Microsoft's strategy of openness, um, embracing developer communities, innovation, uh, democratization in some ways. It has, I'm told it has around 25 billion uh, developers, 86 million repositories. How is Microsoft going to leverage this huge asset? Well, I, I think you pegged it first, Ravi, in saying that the, the most important thing is to serve the developer. And that's our real commitment here. We've, of course, made big investments in our own uh, existing tool sets, Visual Studio, VS Code, for example, has taken off tremendously. Even our competitors use it uh, in their own development environments. But GitHub to us represented the, the ultimate in uh, heterogeneous developer productivity. And so uh, investing in that community and making sure that uh, GitHub remains pure uh, that GitHub remains heterogeneous. If you want to use GitHub and deploy to AWS or deploy to GCP, that's fine. Uh, we, of course, are going to do a lot to make, uh, make the GitHub experience with Azure great, uh, but we welcome- You want to keep it agnostic. Yes, you bet, you bet. Because again, job number one is to serve the developer. Because we believe it falls back to this directive of democratizing digital. Yep. As I said earlier, uh, this is actually one uh, one axis of uh, democratizing. That's right. Yeah. There's a huge skills deficit yeah. in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, you know better than most. Absolutely, absolutely. That uh, this idea that we just go hire more elite devs, well, like newsflash, yeah, there aren't any more. You yeah. know, and so you have to you have to create them. Actually, yes, you have to enable them to empower others Absolutely. through great scale. And so we, we will be working very, very diligently to connect GitHub to our own citizen developer capabilities and our power platform uh, and, and other low code, no code and platforms. And you know, the GitHub uh, ecosystem is going to benefit significantly as well from yeah. the Microsoft ecosystem. Yeah, we're really happy about it. And, um, and uh, we think the, the GitHub folks are doing great work. You know, one other area which uh, we are hearing a lot about Microsoft is gaming. Yeah. I get a sense that the vision of Microsoft, you know, lack of the right word, they want to be a Netflix for gaming. Is that an area Microsoft yeah. is? Uh, I'm glad you asked, because uh, you know, running the commercial business, people people often come up to me and say, oh, "We don't get the gaming thing. Why are you so invested in gaming?" But gaming is strategic to Microsoft for a number of different reasons. One, because it actually does ring true to our mission of empowering every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more, because it does, like it enriches people's yeah. lives. Yeah. And in fact, if you think about it, uh, gaming is, is most likely the first time 
as a human that you were ever exposed to technology, yeah. you know, as a, as a child. Even, even as a one-year old. That's right, <laughs> that's right. And so making that experience more ubiquitous, you know, some of the things that we have done uh, with Xbox Live and the ability to engage more and more people on the planet uh, in enriching gaming scenarios, having that even feed an, uh, an educational experience yeah. with Minecraft uh, so that students uh, really enjoy and are inspired by the work that they do. And they actually don't even think that it's, it's schoolwork per se. It just seems fun to them. It teaches us even about our own cloud platform. Yeah. Uh, so we made an announcement earlier this year on xCloud. And do you want to use gamification for new technologies as well? Is that a part of the of, of course, but we also want to make the cloud platform itself even better. And so Satya speaks often about the intelligent edge and the intelligent cloud as the compute paradigm of the future. Yeah. xCloud actually brings that to life if you think about it. What we want to do is have uh, streaming capabilities that ignite a world of billions of gamers to have a rich experience. But at the same time, it hardens Azure uh, because some of the most demanding customers we have for Azure are gaming studios. You know, we talk about you know five nines in the enterprise yep. world. Well, if you have a millisecond blip yep. in a large-scale game with thousands of people and some virtually world, right? You know, you, you perhaps may have lost a customer for life. So it teaches us a lot about the resiliency of a platform, uh, as well as helps us fulfill our mission to and to enrich the way people live their lives and experience learning. Awesome, I just want to squeeze in one last question for you. With the advent of AI automation and machine learning algorithms underneath, underneath enterprise software, hyper-productivity is the next big thing for large enterprises. That's right. But most CXOs don't know how to get about it. Tell us one or two things which you believe uh, they should know, which are very important to create an embrace on this new age uh, yeah. machine learning AI tools. It's great, it's great. I think the most important thing to remember is that it's about people and technology. So many of the artificial intelligence pursuits that I see are, are sort of this maniacal uh, pursuit of optimization and efficiency gains. <clears throat> and it leaves people behind in the richness of the work that they do as an opportunity for fueling growth. Uh, you, let me give you an example. And so uh, like if you take you know, one of our more complicated offerings in Azure, our Azure Machine Learning offering, yeah. has the ability to reason over a tremendous amount of data and create um, all of these optimized um, processes. Where we've really seen it come to life is if you embed the outcomes uh, in it, uh, into teams, into our collaborative environment, such that people on the front lines that have never had any access to technology are suddenly getting exposed to the optimizations that are being proposed by the machine learning model. And the humans teach the model, the model teaches the humans, the business itself learns in real time through the people that are actually achieving the business outcomes itself. The opportunity there, to me, is the massive unlock that often gets overlooked. And that's why I would just counsel uh, Always remember that it's about people and technology. In fact, uh, you know, you're, you're bang on, you know, so, so spot on. In many ways, uh, amplifying technology to people and uh, the virtue of applying these technologies is a much bigger thing than mm -hmm. the technology itself. That's right. Uh, and uh, the people aspect is the most important one. Reskilling people to, to the new jobs of the future is probably what the, what the future is going to look like for large enterprises. That's right. Thank you so much, Judson, for, Robbie, your, thank you. for your conversation My today. Pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.